Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you part six of a six-part series entitled uh, The Matrix, with today's message specifically entitled Reloading the Matrix, based off of Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So let us dive into the Word today. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God, in his wisdom, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and say, it is all nonsense. But to those who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Amen. We are a people of faith, and Christ calls us to lay our fears aside and put that faith into action. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. My name is Neo. So here we are, the final chapter of this, this journey through the Matrix. Um, all along, all along, uh, you have known who Neo is believed to be by Morpheus, the One, a Christ-like figure who will save humanity from slavery to artificial intelligence, the One who would destroy the Matrix and the machines that run it and restore humanity back to its rightful place, to life, real and free life. The one who will save the world and humanity, who will restore order and establish peace and harmony. We also know that Neo, one of Neo's team members, at least, Cypher, is cynical. Trinity is unsure, and others are more curious to see if it's true. Morpheus is certain. No one else is, including Neo. You will also record, recall that Neo visited the Oracle who told him some interesting, if not disappointing, things. In fact, it wasn't so much what she told him, but what he thought she told him. She, if you recall, looked at him and said, Hmm, that's interesting, but... And you'll say, But what? Neo replied. But you already know what I'm going to say. I'm, the, I'm not the one, Neo responded. And of course, she didn't say yes or no to that. She said, sorry kid, 
which can be a bit uh, nuanced, right? Sorry, kid. Meaning like, oh, sorry, I guess you just don't get it yet. Or, or however that could be interpreted. Neo interpreted it one specific way. She said, sorry, kid. You have the talents, but it looks like you're waiting for something. And Neo interpreted that to mean he was right in thinking he's not the one. But she never said that. She let him make his own assumptions. You will also recall that she did share that Morpheus really believes Neo is the one. And to be fair, we know the Oracle was the one who revealed to Morpheus that he would be the one to find the one. But Morpheus believes Neo is the one. He is so certain that he will sacrifice himself to save Neo's life. This is where we pick up today. As Neo finishes with the Oracle, he and the team head to their hotel, which is the building they arrived at when they entered the Matrix. Remember, they come through uh, a land phone line, like the old dial-up way of connecting to the net which is perhaps one of the few areas where the film slightly dates itself. Once they reach that building, they realize that the agents are onto them, and they eventually find out that Cypher betrayed them all. In order for them to, to escape, uh, they tried to climb down the floors from inside the wall, I forget how exactly they got in there, but that's what they were trying to do. But when, Sne uh, when Cypher sneezed, shocker there, the agents hear them and begin to tear down the wall to try to get at them. That is when Morpheus chooses to save Neo's Neo and the team's life, and he jumps through the drywall and attacks the agents to buy the rest time to escape. But once he's captured, and he is captured, they torture Morpheus to get him to give up the location of Zion. Now, <clears throat> he did that so they could escape, believing he found the one and that his call had been fulfilled in finding Neo. But as we know, Neo doesn't believe he is the one. And as such, he believes Morpheus is throwing his life and his ability to find the one away. So rather than stay on the ship, Neo and Trinity decided that they would take on an arsenal uh, of weapons with them and rescue Morpheus from the agents. Now I'm skipping over quite a few details, and if you stay to watch the movie, um, if you're a if you come to church uh, where I where I'm serving, and you stay to watch the movie, which we're gonna do after service on Sunday uh, or today, I should say. You're listening to it now. I'm recording it early, um, but. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, like, I'm not revealing all of the details, because uh, otherwise, what's the point of watching the movie? But this is their plan. They're going to rescue Morpheus from the agents. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, because we are, again, watching the movie afterwards. But let's say that Neo and Trinity make a grand explosive entrance into the building Morpheus is being held in which then alerts the agents to their presence, which was all part of the plan, divert the agent, agents from Morpheus so that he can be rescued. But this also means that Neo will have to face and confront the agents. In other words, in other more plain words, Neo is going to sacrifice himself for Morpheus. That's the plan. It's a suicide mission. 
So Neo and Trinity carry out that plan, and Neo pulls some really awesome stuff off. Stuff that starts to maybe make him budge his initial understanding that he's not the one. Signs are miracles that, that, that there's more to Neo than he realizes. During the rescue, Neo was able to dodge bullets. Though he got nicked a little, Trinity witnessed it and asked how he did that to an even more confused and shocked Neo, who obviously had no clue how he did that. He's able to run up walls like he's defying gravity. He's able to employ all of his training as a master, someone not to be messed with. Still, we all know from last week, the agents are really not to be messed with. They can circumvent the Matrix, bend or break the rules, and, and if you kill them, they come back through another human standing nearby, so you can't kill them. It is virtually impossible, let alone improbable, to beat them unless you are the one. And Neo is put to the test as he is forced to fight Agent Smith, which we heard in the clip earlier, the leader of the agents. Punch for punch, kick for kick, Neo holds his own with the agent, even defeating him, killing his host. In that final moment where, where uh, Agent Smith is holding him down on the, the subway rail tracks, waiting for a train to hit him, you know, and, and, and he's saying, you know, here's the inevitable end for you, Mr. Anderson. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. And he says, I am Neo. My name is Neo. He has finally accepted who he is. Yay, right? The good guy wins. Except that Agent Smith didn't die. Just transferred to the nearest human being. And that Neo opened the wrong door with an agent on the inside and bang. Neo gets shot multiple times in the stomach and chest. In slow motion, we watch as Neo realizes tries to resist death, but ultimately falls to the ground dead. The agents even bend down to feel his pulse and say he's gone. The film then goes aboard the Nebuchadnezzar to show Neo plugged into the Matrix, his face lifeless, blood coming out of his mouth. Morpheus, Trinity, who had escaped the Matrix, uh, both Morpheus and Trinity, who had escaped the Matrix and were back on the Nebuchadnezzar, that's right, they pulled off the rescue attempt, and their comrade Tank. They were all staring in disbelief that Neo died. Neo hadn't gone through with them. He had stayed behind to fight the agents. Why? Because he began to believe. Trinity, standing by his lifeless body, plugged him, lifeless plugged-in body, crying, whispered to him, Neo... <laughs> I'm not afraid. You see, the oracle told me I would fall in love with the one. So you see, you can't be dead. You can't be. You know why? Because I love you. You hear me? I love you. And remember, the oracle did tell Trinity that she would fall in love with the one. And again, acting as the female face of God, she kissed him, as if to breathe life back into him. And sure enough, though he had been dead for real, no life left in his body, Neo woke up as if from a sleep and was alive, resurrected. He was the one. Death was not real in the Matrix. Nothing is real in the Matrix. 
Neo's death and resurrection are solid proof. He is the long-awaited one. He is the Savior who was promised to come. In his final showdown with the agents, uh, they spray him with bullets from semi-automatic uh, handguns. And Neo lifts his, his hands and, and the bullets just pause in the air. Just like there is no spoon, there are no uh, bullets. Neo picks out one of the air, picks one out of the air and drops it, uh, looks at it and drops it, followed by all of the bullets dropping to the floor. Neo now transcends the Matrix, and rather than fighting in the Matrix, he simply hops inside the agents, destroying the code, the antivirus software that that creates them. Neo, Neo is the one, excuse me, Neo is the one, and the film ends with him flying off to save the world from the Matrix. Now, while the ending is awesome, while the ending is awesome, it took Neo sorting through his own fears and doubts and having faith before he was able to reach his full potential and know his true identity. The same is true for us as well. We need to soul search, read, and meditate on scripture, pray daily, worship, partake in the holy sacraments, and really discern who we are and what God is calling us to do using our God-given talents and abilities. Then, like Neo, we need to actually take action upon living our rollout in the world. But what stops us from doing that? Fear. There are risks to reloading the gospel, to being a disciple of Jesus and bringing people to know and worship him. We fear evangelism for the obvious reasons. People will look at us like we're crazy like our star story is far-fetched, like we are puppets to a human institution or whatever the case may be. But still, if we allow our fears to cause us to doubt ourselves, then we will never see the full potential we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. In our scripture reading today, Paul tells us outright what risks there are to being a disciple, a promoter of the gospel. He writes that, and I quote from verse 18a, uh, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. He continues to warn in verses 22 through 23, It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heavens, and it is foolish to uh, the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But, Paul says in verses 24 through 25, to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's foolish plan of the cross is wiser than the wisest of human plans and that God's weakness, if there is such a thing, is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Do you really believe that? If we really, truly believe that, 
with all our being, then we will act upon that belief. We will trust God's plan and follow it. And a huge part of that plan involves us sharing the gospel. We should not assume everyone we meet knows and has a relationship with God, nor should we ever, ever be apathetic to the well-being of others, spiritual or otherwise. We, as Christians, are called to be evangelists. And our mission field is right here in our community. That is what Paul is saying. Though it may look or sound foolish to those possessed by the world order, but to those who have been called to salvation, that's you, that's me, that's us, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And here is what Christ has commanded us in Matthew chapter 28 through or chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. Here's what he commanded us to do. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus also said in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And Paul very clearly and boldly, boldly responds to that in his letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, the very power of God at work. And saving everyone who believes, the, the Jews first and also the Gentiles. I have... Both Romans 1, verse 16, and Mark chapter 8, verse 38, tattooed on my right shoulder with the words disciple and not ashamed written above it. That tattoo reminds me that I need that boldness in Christ as well. I need to step out and serve Christ with no reservations, no reserves, and no hesitations. We all need that reminder. Though I'm not saying you all have to run out and get tattoos, but we all need that reminder, and so you have it today. But we all need to, as Christians, come into our own like Neo did and remember the urgency. We act on faith, not by the sight of things. We step out in faith, embrace who we truly are in Christ our Lord, and reload the gospel into all that you do and all uh, in all of whom you talk to. I'll say that again. Step out in faith, embrace who you truly are in Christ our, in, in Christ our Lord and and reload the gospel into all that you do and in all of whom you talk to. Friends, in order to become reloaders of the gospel, you must as Neo did sort through your fears and doubts. You must soul search. You must ask yourself this question, do I trust who I think I am and doubt Christ? Or do I trust who God knows I am 
and follow in faith. Again, do I trust who I think I am and doubt Christ? Or do I trust who God knows I am and follow in faith? Christ believes in you and so do I, because I place my faith in Christ. There are so many ways you could serve Christ and bring others to know him. In worship alone, we have plenty of places we could use help. It would be great to have a few more lay servants so Kathleen's not the only one preaching and leading up here. It would be great to have more people in the choir, like to sing, to talk to Henry. Oh, and by the way, lay servants don't just preach. They visit the sick. They do other ministries. Lay servanthood is not just about preaching. So if you're not into preaching, but you are called to do other things, that's not a bad way to go. We need more people to step up for Sunday school which is a part of worship too. We could use people to step up as trustees. Are you handy? Maybe that's the gift God is calling you to use. Or maybe you like to socialize and have natural conversations with people where your faith is brought in as the conversation flows. Church, we can do this together if we place our faith in the one. Not Neo, but Jesus Christ. And, and, and trust me, if you're not in my congregation... There are those opportunities in your church as well and in your community. So if we truly place our faith in God and step forward, we can do this together. Together with Christ leading the way, there's nothing that can stop us from reloading the gospel into the world. Preparing the way for God's kingdom, Zion, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for challenging us with this, this whole series, showing us how we are in some ways in, in our own matrix, in the matrix that the world has put before us, that has encoded in our brains the, the ways of the world, society, the things that we think are true versus not true. We've all been informed by the world we live in. But Lord, you have extracted us out. You have chosen us to be yours. And you have put the gospel in our hearts inspire us, spark in us empathy and compassion rather than apathy and complacency. Spark in us the desire to serve others as you have served us so that we can all enter as family into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you for tuning in. It's always great to have you here uh, and to be bringing you these messages. I hope you got something out of this series. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, I love movies and I love finding the divine in the secular. So uh, <clears throat> it was a, an interesting sermon series to go through and I hope you got something out of it. With that said, um, remember that um, uh, you know we are a ministry that require that relies on people's generosity uh, there are links in the episode notes you can check out two of them lead to giving pages so if this is your main spiritual sustenance and you feel it in you to support our ministry that would be great again this ministry is my own it's free but uh, supporting my church would be would be very helpful if you could do that and if you belong to another um, another uh, ministry or another ministry or faith community so you know support them and if you have it in you to support us both i will not object and i'm sure your church will not either so uh with that said we will appreciate anything given to us but we also appreciate you just tuning in and listening and hopefully growing from these these messages with that said remember you are richly blessed friends so that you may be a blessing to others go in peace mm-hmm.